The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. I'm John Myers, and pouring that... Grenache is Bart Hansen, and pouring the Grenache is Brian Casey. We had hey. stereo pours there. How are you guys? <laughs> good. How are you doing? Hey, John. How are you? I'm I'm actually just really good today. Uh, we are at the Rhone Room, which is Sandra Bernstein's new tasting room down on Broadway in Sonoma, and um, we have it. We're it's it's like a farm out here. Everything that they serve, well vegetable and and uh, green wise uh, is grown out here I mean there's there's corn literally 15 feet high over in the corner and all kinds of things and look and, at the tomatoes and it's just for, uh, ab- absolutely yeah come on in hey I'm John Myers nice to meet you toss those headphones on we're just talking we're gonna just start uh, first of all I was supposed to get one of those pours. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That one's for you, Brandon. And one for me. There we go. Now, Brian, why don't you tell us what we are drinking this morning or tasting, shall Uh, I say? Well, um, Sandra was nice enough to, uh, by the way. I introduced everyone. We're we're at the Rhone Room. We are. Out in the uh, out at the farm, and Sandra was nice enough to donate a bottle of rosé. So we've got a Hudson Grenache rosé mm. from Carneros, and I was unfamiliar with the Beautiful. the Hudson label, but I guess Bart knows uh, a little bit about them. Well, I, I know the Hudson family as growers in Napa Carneros. Um, I think there's a number of uh, vineyard designated vineyard designated Chardonnays, Pinots, and Syrah. Um, but I was unaware that they had any Grenache going on the property. And I guess Sandra was unaware too. And she said she, said she mean, ran into someone and she Sandra's found unaware, out that they had some right. Grenache rosé. And she was a little bummed that this is the first time she's had access yeah, to it. Yeah, you really should let people who have retail outlets know that you have wine, right? Well, especially <laughs> if they're Rhone <laughs> alone. Uh huh. Absolutely. So, well, it is today's a beautiful day. And that really is in contrast to. The last few weeks, it's been a little crazy, hasn't it, Bart? Yeah, I mean, w- w- this year has, you know, been a year of extremes, I guess you could say, with all the rain that we had uh, this winter. Um, uh, early uh, bud break, which everybody kind of thought, I'm sorry, later bud break, and, and, and thinking that the ripening curve was later. Um, and then to, you know, uh, three days of well over 110 <laughs> degrees um, oh, that um, that punished a lot of vineyards and punished a lot of growers and a lot of winemakers. Um, but a lot of the fruit stood through it really well. And, um, and rehydrated. And rehydrated. Yeah. And you know what? If the weather was going to be perfect after, the weather was perfect after. So... Um, you know, we're still very much in the midst of it. I uh, 
snuck out of the winery today. No grapes uh, today and no pressing. Um, so hang out for a little bit with you guys and then... Uh, but his hands haven't recovered. I will <laughs> I will post the picture I took of Bart's hands today because they, they look... Uh, They're purple. They look thrashed. I like that. Yeah. They, you know, it's they start to hurt is what it is, the cracks. Um, but you get grown man dry. Cry. Uh, need well, some uh, Vaseline. What is that, of mice and men? you got to put some Vaseline on there, put <laughs> right. some socks on them or something. Right, that's some exactly busy, right. Busy yeah. man hands. Right? <laughs> busy man hands, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, the, the, d- the interesting thing is that, you know, people think that I'm a mechanic because they're not really right. purple. They're right. more just black stains. Yeah. Right. Sorry, should I I should introduce uh, Brandon? Absolutely. So our, Brandon our just hello Brandon just arrived hello. and and Brandon uh, works with me. He's the uh, he's a psalm at uh, Sante at the oh, Fairmont cool. Sonoma Mission Inn. I, I used to eat there all the time when we were tourists here, and wow. then we then we moved here, and I I live about five minutes from here. Yep, so yeah, I, John lives uh, down the street. I really should get over there you for, pop and for visit a again. good dinner. Pop yeah, and visit me and Mark will take care of you for sure. Well, you know it's it's when you live here you don't think of it when when you're staying there you just walk in well no, you know, it's like people that live in san francisco you ask them when when's the last time they went to golden gate park or went to the golden yeah. gate bridge they're they're busy yeah well they, they <laughs> doing live, their they lives lived there i mean joan yeah. lived uh you know in new york 20 years before i knew her and uh never was at the uh eiffel, or the eiffel tower in new york yeah good <laughs> the empire state building or you know out to the statue of liberty or any of that yeah stuff, you know so. i mean i i'm I'm guilty of we don't go to the resort restaurants very often, you know, maybe for a cocktail or mm-hmm. a bite to eat. But we don't think to go there, like to go to the Mission Inn for a full dinner. I guess for us, we just don't think about it. Well, and they don't have Pliny on tap either, so I don't know if we'd get your business. <laughs> yeah. well, it's we do a, see. Uh, I it? do have beer if you guys, anybody needs beer. Oh, thank you. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the same thing. We actually see uh, Saul from Cafe La Haye. He's a regular at the yeah. at the bar. And uh, Kieran Robinson, who almost made it here today. We're, we will Kieran. get him on the show. He um, flew into Oakland about 11 o'clock, so he was asking if we could push the show back a little bit. But we had already been kind of on track, so... Um, well, we'll why, where was he flying from? Does he realize I, that it's harvest? I, uh, he's <laughs> always going somewhere, and I don't know if it's you know Philly's from Philly. I don't know if he was going back to see family or, you know, he only makes he's making uh, one Viognier and one or two Syrahs, and I know he just planted some Grenache. But he's not as busy as you. You got all, you know, but a little more he things work going for on. Another winery also. I think he's just doing his own thing now. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's partnered up with another uh, winemaker, and they have a, a tasting room. Um, oh, so when did that happen? And where is that located? A year way? ago, two yeah. years ago, so, oh, uh, over in Healdsburg, uh, I believe. Yeah, I think, okay. they, if I remember right, they, what they did is they took over a small winery that a family had quit, uh. pra- or quit using, and they took it over, and I think that's where they have their tasting room. Okay. Well, what do you guys and, think and of the cream. new Healdsburg rules that you can only have one tasting room per block? Yeah, do you want to get into this with Sonoma? I'm, 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 I'm fine with the tasting rooms the way they are. But this is a uh, huge, it's I a huge not, topic, and it's getting it more and more press now. And I think the the city is planning on, you know, right now it's sort of let's let's take a step back and and ponder. But uh, eventually they're going to come up with some sort of formula for how many tasting rooms can go in there. I know we've talked about this in the past too. I I, I mean, love it. When, once they come up with a formula with how many tasting rooms. Most likely, the number of tasting rooms will go down. Right. Because, you know, there's... it's The small has, ones will there, fall. There has been some re- re- revolving um, buildings with different tasting rooms. And 
I don't know. I mean, I don't have a tasting room, so I guess I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, but well, the, I, think I, the I, one... I don't have a problem with them. You know, I, I like to see full storefronts, not empty storefronts. You do have a tasting room. Right. It's called the Winemakers Podcast. Right. Sam got another call from somebody who plotted their entire um, uh, trip to Sonoma around the podcast and everything he had heard. We, us talk about and uh, was over at Sam's so over the weekend so you can come to the Rhone room and taste uh, you I was going to say you, this is your tasting <laughs> room now right. you've got Bart's wine not a bad here. spot to hang out no, and, yeah, and I bought a bottle this morning which is really, really good it's uh, awesome at retail man well I thought Saunders said she was it. you guys were making a deal for a case uh, that's on um, the O nine Syrah, oh, nine Syrah from that, uh, Sam did. Sam, right? Yeah. Oh, right. you want the re- the one they did? Yeah. Yeah, and I just it fits my taste perfectly. So yeah. you know what can I say? Yeah. You know me, I like it. So, yeah. so really, all is not so, lost, like yeah, it, no, like it is, is in not, France. Yeah. To, to get know? back to harvest in the year so far, all is not lost um, at all. Um, uh, I was out. Uh, this morning and yesterday looking at the cab up at Lassiter and looking at Grenache at Lassiter and it looks beautiful. I mean, again, the weather's been just perfect. Now, hanging with seen, integrity hang, dappled in yes, sunlight. It still is. Um, and, and is there some grapes that suffered? Absolutely. You know, I, so I harvested the Zinfandel for Dane Sellers um, from a vineyard over on Carragher Road. We got about two and a half tons. Um, the crop was down. They were hoping to have a little over three tons. Um, and we definitely saw some fruit that um, had raisined quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, will that soak out and come back? Well, or is uh, it so, too, so too the, much? it's interesting. So on the destemmer, you can kind of tune the destemmer in. And we put it over the sorting table so raisins fell through there. But majority of the uh, raisins didn't even come off the stems. Because they once they've dried down, there's no reason for them to release. So on the end yeah. where the stems are, there was actually full of stems with raisins, and right. what was falling through were things that we call, as we call it, dimpled, um, and then whole berries. So it actually showed really, really well. Um, yeah. But we'll have less fruit again, I and mean, we'll have less gallons. Our our uh, gallons per ton will be down because we essentially left some fruit on the stem. Literally, hmm. um, so that's a bummer. It's um, mother so, nature. So yields are going to be down. But I tell you what, uh, the color is unbelievable, and the wine tastes great, and it's fermenting really nicely. Um, so well, see, I'm, that's what I'm, you want to hear. Yeah. So I'm thrilled. Um, and then uh, we also this year we have a little rosé project, a very very top nice. secret rosé project. Rosé project. <laughs> that, um, dun 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 dun. That, that there'll be more coming later. Which I am, um, I am anxiously looking forward yeah. to, and it may be growing <laughs> as we're speaking, um, and, and it'll be an earlier release than everything else because maybe in uh, February, March, yeah, something maybe, like that, maybe yeah. December twenty fifth. You know, if it was possible to get it bottled in November, <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with fresh wine. Well, you are drinking a Napa wine in Sonoma, so. Well, we're, that's we're, you know we're proving that it's not wrong. It's it's we're, from Carneros, John. So who knows that it, the fruit in that bottle might be just uh, over the just Sonoma over, line. Just on the line. line. <laughs> over the, the, the majority line. might be in Napa, but that might be Sonoma fruit. Yeah, it might be Sonoma <laughs> fruit, and they're just charging Napa prices. That's right, it. Napa on the label. Like uh, you, you can bump the price up a little bit. It's, it's wonderful, <laughs> by the way. This rosé is. 
You like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice acidity. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, man. Believe me. Well, so um, I sent an article about France to you guys and just how bad it is this year. You know, not only it just seemed like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They weren't able to get, you know, I mean, they're looking at 30 percent of their crop. Um, over there because right. of the hail and things like that. So do we have some guests at the Rona so, today? You know, I mean, uh, there, there is some issues this year with some of the uh, with some of the ripening. You know, there's uh, uh, not quite as intense color in. Um, Merlot, sorry, everybody, we're getting situated with our new and guests. Ian, you can come over. If Ian, you want to pull a chair over here, you can come Ian, share with me. Ian Blessing just pulled up. I want to come get cozy. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, so at that point, France. Yeah, so, you know, I can't speak for what's going on in France because... Well, they just did. I mean, it was a brutal year, and I don't know what's going to happen to the prices. French wines are, you know, pretty damn high anyway. And at that point, uh, geez, you know, I mean, what can you do? Um, An- another reason just to buy local. Support your local winemakers, everybody. That's right. And you Support can, your local winemakers. And you can go right to our website, and you can uh, you know, go to radiomisfits.com and uh, leave a message, and we'll get it. We'll get it. And then you can also uh you know, winery sixteen six hundred uh, for Sam because Sam's sick today, and then Dane Sellers. And how do they get in touch with you, Bart? Uh, DaneSellers dot com on uh, virtually any search any computer, of the any, internet, anything. Yes. Huh? And Grenache Blanc. Of, uh, I'm sorry, did I just say that? We're at, we're at the Rhone Room. Here, I'm, I'm gonna. Is that Shannon Blanc ready for purchase yet? Uh, yes, it is. Make sure Saunders. Yeah, not make sure she's there. not listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, the Chenin Blanc is going live. Uh, for all of you showing up today, you're all going home with a bottle of Chenin Blanc. Yes. Oh, how's that? Awesome. <laughs> Mr. Blessing, how are you, sir? Phenomenal. How are you? Well, I'm actually pretty good today. You know, I mean, for for everything that's going on around us, we're uh, in this perfect little bubble back here. Look at this place. I mean, I'm. I'm looking at everything from corn to white roses, and it's it's a little farm, and we're off of Broadway, which is the main street going into Sonoma, and who would have thought that you could ever put a tasting room down here and have it work? But not only is it a tasting room, this is their farm, and everything that they serve is grown here. And, well, not everything. They don't, no cows and no... I don't see any trout. Not yet. Not yeah, yet. yet. Trout <laughs> yeah. flopping around. But anything, but right. And Ian, the, have you been here before? No, this is actually my first time here. I've driven past this a thousand times, but I've okay. I've never been here. It's gorgeous. And, and Ian, who are you again? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm Ian. <laughs> uh, I uh, have known these guys for years. And formerly, or, of for, the for, formerly of the girl in the fig. Um, Ian, cur- what, cur- what are you doing now, man? Currently of the French Laundry in Yonville, California. That adds just a little bit of street cred. Just a little bit, huh? Just, just a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> Look at the guys we got here today. I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear. I, I try not to flaunt it. People ask me, you know, we, you're at a bar and somebody says, what do you do? And I go, I work at a, a restaurant in right. Yonville. And they're right. like, where do you work? And I'm like, I try not to bring it up. And then they, you know, they, they pry. I'm like, the French Laundry. Or I'll say the French Laundry in Yonville. And they're like, I know where it is. Thank you. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I like how you added <laughs> California to that, too. <laughs> Last year during harvest, Ian, uh, 
Ian gave me some help at the winery for a number of weeks, or maybe it was a number of months, and um, he'd come in and tell stories about you know what it was like at the uh, French Laundry the night before. That was that was the yeah. early days of, of of starting there. I think I'd yeah. just been there for a couple months. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was but, scary and confusing, and, right? And, yeah. and amazing at the same time. It's it's been I about would, a, a year and a half now, and yeah, finally awesome. starting to, to get it down and, and appreciate it. And it's it's wonderful. It's and, and you're and you're more than a server now. Also, so, yeah. So now I'm I the seller sommelier, which uh, when I when I got promoted, I, I googled it just to to see if it was a thing anywhere else and zero results came up for seller no, sommelier. Nothing at all. It doesn't exist in the real world. Um, it's uh, exclusively a, a French laundry well, thing. That way they can, they can set the price. Yeah. <laughs> we, why is this so expensive? We have a seller sommelier that put it away. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> when you order it, he's going to go grab it for you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, when, when you have a, a wine list with 16,000 bottles and 2,500 selections on it. It's a, a full-time job to actually put the wine away and keep the cellar organized and uh, make sure you can find everything. Do you but even you, have to, what, what do you dress like? Are you just in shorts well, and well, a t-shirt I mean, down there? Like, you're still on the floor, around right? Flip-flops? I, I'm still on the floor. So so even, you know, when I'm, 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 you know, ripping boxes apart and putting wine away and getting cardboard dust everywhere, I'm still in a suit and tie. Um, wow. So I, I spend about half my time in the cellar putting wine away, and then I spend the other half on the floor, uh, you know, selling wine, opening, telling well, stories, helping the sommeliers, helping the servers. Telling stories about wine? I, I mean, you have some I, extra, you have I, some I, expertise I, in I, that, I, don't I, you? I like to tell stories. Yeah, you do. Well, you you told me about Fable Mountain and uh, the, Mo- monkey wine, the, the monkey wine, <laughs> and then <laughs> what was baboon the uh, wine. what was the baboon wine? I I, I don't it, think I ever it was got it was related to shark wine, I think, but I can't remember how exactly. <laughs> was that a, was that the pick pool? <laughs> the pick pool was the shark <laughs> wine. There you go. Well, Ian and I would get bored with with the wines. Not not that they weren't good wines, but you know, you just get bored with you know, the same wines every day. So we would actively seek out or Ian would in his free time actively seek out wines that had an unusual story. So, you know, we had the the pig pool on the list that that um Julie Bonneau would actually put into barrel, put it in a shark tank and submerge it um thirty feet down in an oyster farm. And it would do this natural batonage. So we love that story. So then Ian came in one day with a story about baboon selfies. Um, <laughs> there was this, this wine from, from South Africa from a winery called Fable Mountain. I'd gotten an email about it the morning before. It was just a, a random email from some distributor. And uh, it was, a, you know, Grenache Syrah Morved. And so, of course, I, I perk up right away. I go, this is something we can serve at the restaurant. This fits within the Girl and the Figs <laughs> rules. Uh, you always get excited when it, it, it plays by the Figs rules. Uh, and so I come in, and, and it seems like this cool wine, and the, the price is right. And I'm looking at the website, and there's these pictures of, of baboons taking selfies. They've got these cameras all over the place because they're they have you know a thousand sheep or something on the property, and and it's it's next. It's in the middle of the wilderness. It's in the middle of, of this jungle, and so there's you know all kinds of, of caracals and you know big cats and baboons and, and wild animals lurking all over the place, eating the grapes, and then you know eating the sheep. <laughs> so they set up cameras. They set up cameras to figure out what was going on with the sheep. And the uh, the clever, uh, curious little baboons found the cameras and and started taking pictures of themselves. <laughs> so that was eating you know, the grapes. I, I hadn't yeah. even tasted the wine yet. I just knew that I loved this this baboon wine, 
and it came in. We tasted it, and it was it was great. And John fell in love with it right away. Yeah, John, I John, I bought, loved John it. bought it. I think a, a, a case a week. <laughs> wow, yeah. that was yeah, good after stuff. After the baboon selfies, we we're like, yeah, we'll take a case. We haven't even tried it. That's fine. That's fine. We'll take a case. John John single handedly kept the fig afloat for about three months. <laughs> I still do. I think. It's, uh, now now it's the Rhone room. So you got to have some place to go to hang out. That's it. You know, some some friendly bar and you know, with with good people, etc. So, and I saw Ian in Girl in the Fig the other day when we went in. We had lunch there, and um, and there it was like old home week. So it's, it's still my favorite place to hang out. I, I, I it's been a year and a half since I worked there, but I think I'm there three times a week. And John Wilson's still there. Shout out to John Wilson. It was great. We had yeah. Igor and Betty. It was it was the whole it was it was the old crew again. It was lovely. Quite funny. So, okay. So, Ian, what are you drinking these days? Uh, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I still gravitate towards Rhone. When I'm drinking on my own, it's all, it's all Rhone wines. I was drinking Pigpool last night. Um, from? From the Languedoc. But Not from Julie Bonneau. It wasn't shark wine. It wasn't, it wasn't submerged in an oyster farm. <laughs> uh, but it was from Pigpool. Um, <clears throat> my, my, you know, my palate has, uh, has broadened a little bit since starting to work at the laundry. I was so focused and obsessed with with Rhone wines for the last two years. I didn't, you know, I didn't really drink anything else. But right. now my current obsession is is white Burgundy. We sell more of that than probably anything oh. else. We sell white Burgundy and, and Napa Cab. Those are our, our, our two top sellers. And imagine that white Burgundy is is magical. Yeah. There's nothing else. The like only it. white Burgundy I can get around here is from Imagery. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> very yeah. different. Yeah, I'm sure, very. But I'm I'm wondering if you can't call it champagne, and you have to call it bubbly here or you know sparkling, sparkling. wine, whatever. Mm-hmm. How do how do they get away with calling well, it white it, burgundy? It, it's because it's it, we we talked we touched about this one time before. At the time that they started making white burgundy, there were no real trade associations arguing about something like white burgundy. They were all caught up in either champagne or Bordeaux or Chablis. Um, so, and then once it's been okayed by the TTB, it, it is what it is, unless someone really wants to shut you down. So, and that's and that's why you still you see port on labels here. I mean, really, mm-hmm. you shouldn't see port, but they, you know, once it's on um, the labels and people are producing it, then it's hard to put a stop to it. Um, but I thought it'd be fun today to have Ian and Brandon here because uh, tell us your ages. Uh, 23. 23. Oh, God. Right? Mm-hmm. I worked with a psalm at the Four Seasons, Rom Toulon, who was 21. He was the youngest psalm that uh, the Four Seasons had ever had. Um, but it, I think he'd been drinking wine since he was like six. Um, <laughs> extremely knowledgeable. Knew but, what um, he was talking about, huh? Um, but I think it's the, it's the new era. Uh, Ian, how, how many years you got on you now? I'm the opposite. I'm 32. 32. Still in that category, though, of millennials. So I thought it would be interesting to see what these guys are drinking. And You both know everything, right? <sighs> I wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah I right. Wish. <laughs> and uh, I recently turned uh, Brandon onto the Bottle Barn, so I know he's become uh, Ooh, yeah. a shopper oh, there. So what are you drinking these days? Man, it really depends on my mood. Uh, I, with Ian, I'm also really heavy in white burgundy right now. Uh, white burgundy, it also really depends on my mood. Um, lately, I've been into some um, some heavy Barolo. It really depends, though. Uh, I was lucky enough to live. I'm, I am lucky enough currently to live down the street from Bottle Barn, uh, which is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> as I as I seem to find myself there on my days off, which seems to only want to go for an hour, to find out I'm there for more than three, four hours, <laughs> going up and down the aisles, uh, talking to Barry, talking to all the other um, 
But that's your business too. Exactly, no. exactly. So it's fun seeing uh, labels that we have on our wine list uh, and seeing them in places like Bottle Barn. Uh, but it really depends on my mood, truthfully. I, I am all over the place when it comes to m- my wines and my flavor for the for a certain amount of time period. So. Uh, since it since uh, Sandra opened, I ended up buying a couple of Randy Hester's uh, Lightnings, and I haven't had that for so long. I forgot how damn good it was. And he his birthday what three days ago something like that. Yeah. So, you know, happy birthday, Randy Hester. I have Lightning Wines down in Austin, Texas. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, he listens to the show. I know even though he's in Texas, hopefully he gets a little time. I, uh, I'm. I think he is listening to the podcast. He's, he uh, he's mentioned said he a couple times. said he had uh, heard a couple of them. Yeah. And we still have some of his wine at Sante, but it's um, it's the original blue label, not the new, the new and improved uh, Lightning Storm. The, the Lightning the, label, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. it's really dramatic. Yeah, the other one was very Marvel Comics. Right. You know, it was Definitely. just uh, well, Randy's a little Marvel comic. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he's gr- Grizzly him. Adams, man. I mean, have you seen that new oh, Barry yeah, Scott? It's kind, yeah. of a, it's kind of a character. <laughs> I like it. As long as Brooke's okay with it. Hey, what a phenomenal lady. You know, I mean, it, is she still with Naked Wines? I don't I don't believe so. I, I know she was at first, uh, Patson Hall, she was a CFO, and then she moved over to Naked Wines. And maybe she might because Naked Wines is one of those jobs. You, you can don't do have it anywhere. To, you don't have yeah. to be in California. Yeah. So it's right. yeah, maybe she is still with them. So, uh, Ian, are you working tonight? No, no way. I'm off. Monday, Tuesday. Off a couple days, huh? It's my weekend, yeah. So what, what is it like working at the French Laundry? I mean, is it really, is it, uh, first of all, is it, is it as good as they say it is? It, it's incredible, to be honest. It's <clears throat> I've worked a lot of places. I, <laughs> I just told Sandra a minute ago that it was my favorite job ever, and she oh, no. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> I regretted <laughs> it instantly <laughs> and had to back up and, 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 and qualify that it's different. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I, I did that one time, too. <laughs> the Girl in the Fig will always be my favorite physical place in the world. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's unlike anything I've, I've ever done. You know, I've, I've worked in restaurants for 10 years. I've worked in... All, everything from fast casual take a number to, you know, Cheesecake Factory, you know, insane, do a thousand covers a night, um, <laughs> 400 page menu, <laughs> um, you know, just in, incredibly different. But, you know, the, the French Laundry is, is hands down the most challenging, rewarding, difficult, fun, stressful, mentally, physically, emotionally but at the same time, just overwhelmingly rewarding um, and incredibly fun. It's just every, every day is a, a, every day is an adventure. Um, you at the beginning, it's it's so difficult. It was so hard when you started. There were so much to learn. You go home every day and you're like, I don't there's no way I can come back and do this again tomorrow. And then you wake up the next day and you just you do. And, and to, to be successful there that's kind of how it goes you you're gonna some days you're gonna you're just gonna get defeated and you have to just shake it off and and come back the next day and and do better um it's all about the the repetition of doing the same job over and over again and and getting good at it and you said they had how many wines uh about 2500 selections so the the cellar itself holds 16,000 bottles there's about (laughs) nice five yeah there's about 500 to 600 (laughs) i'd like that half bottle selections so uh, an entire wall of our cellars dedicated to half bottles. We have Mouton Rothschild from 1934. There's a 55 wow. 55 Old oh half bottle. Uh, 1970 Jebelay Hermitage half bottle. 
uh, you know, nine vintages of Opus One. Uh, wow. Multiple vintages of Ritmontello. So remember, let's let's remember here. Half bottles theoretically age quicker, right? Yes. Because it's less volume per. Well, who who yeah, knows how that thirty nine Mouton or that thirty four Mouton yeah. is going to be? I have right. no idea. Okay. But it's fun to look at. It's Absolutely. A, it's a cool bottle. I didn't even realize they made half bottles back then, but apparently they did. <laughs> Probably had a standard size label on it though. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're they're really cool. They're they're really they're they're fun to look at. What's um, your favorite so far that you've had over there when you're doing tasting? Uh, easily. What what blew me away the most? It was a '75 Cheval Blanc from Magnum. Wow! Um, that was hands down the most incredible wine I think I've ever tasted. Uh, for you know, I I had tasted a '95 Cheval Blanc out of nine liter. That was a lot of fun actually. We had a a, a party. Uh, a nine liter? Yeah, we had. That's we a had big a, bottle. We had a nine yeah. liter '95 Cheval Blanc, a nine liter Aubryon, a five liter '82 Latour. How do you pour those? Uh, so Carefully. <laughs> we we siphoned them. Is that it? Um, we we opened them up. We siphoned them into uh, a decanter through cheesecloth into a very very large decanter, uh, and then uh, rinsed the bottles out, poured them back into the bottle, and then during service we poured each one very carefully through a funnel into a decanter onto the floor. So I, I during service in between courses would set up about nine decanters, send a few upstairs, keep a few downstairs. And then and then poured out a decanter. You don't actually pour out of the bottle. Although the next day, once once we had, there there was much less in the bottle. Uh, you know, still the equivalent of about three bottles <laughs> left in this nine liter. We poured out of the bottle, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and who is it that is ordering that bottle? So those were <clears throat> these were brought in by a that we we had a, a party. This was brought in. By, it sounds like this it. was brought in from, from <laughs> yeah. This was brought in from somebody's private collection. Uh, I actually tried googling the. The 82 Latour, just because I was curious, of, you know, what something like that would run. Uh, it didn't come up. The only article that came up was about an auction uh, a few years ago, and a bottle, a, a five liter of 82 Latour selling for 44,000 euro, and I'm, that was probably the bottle <laughs> that right. we were pouring. Right. I was like, this is probably the one. Yeah. Um, so I had, yeah, just not that many. Uh, yeah, 44,000 euro. So, yeah. So I had hmm. I had tasted a, a, a tad 90, over my budget. Yeah, man. a tad, a tad. <laughs> I had tasted this '95 Cheval Blanc about two months ago, and it was it was amazing. And then tasted the '75 Cheval Blanc uh, a, a few weeks ago, and it was it was more alive. It was fresher. It was brighter. There was still fruit to it. It was mind-bogglingly complex and amazing. I had never Is that a word. Mind-bogglingly. Mind I think it is. <laughs> Mind-bogglingly. Mind <laughs> That's funny that the, the the favorite wine that I've ever tried um, was an 86 Cheval Blanc that we um, we were doing a party for, um, I think it was the Hamill family. The kids were getting married, so we had all 86 um, French and 84 Napa cabs, and that 86, the Cheval Blanc. It was mind-blowing. It was one of those things where you're like, wow, I didn't know wine would, do this, like would yeah. do this to me. <coughs> Just, you know, your mind's racing. Like, wow, I wish I could drink like this every, every day. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam brought that bottle of uh, Pure to uh, Grenache Night, and he said it was not the one that got 100 points, but you know, it was one or two points, uh, you know, off. But uh, I just see now that uh, Sandra's got one in there. I've got to have one. I've got to 
take one home. You should, John, and then invite us over, and we'll open it. Well, that's <laughs> why don't you just buy it and open it right now? Well, that's what I was thinking. But see, oh, look no. at that. Uh-oh. See, <laughs> you said you said no. You should really save that for a special time. So I was going to actually open the. Uh, I don't think I ever say that. I get upset with people when they when they hold on to their bottles too long and say, "Oh, I'm going to save this for a special occasion." Because I think you should just drink wine anytime. Oh, freely, huh? Speaking of which, you know, there, okay. was, there, 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 there was an article on um, uh, Andre Tchelichov one time in the Wine Spectator 25 years ago, and they asked him what was his wine cellar like. And he said, my wine cellar is whatever is underneath my bed. <laughs> he said, wine is meant to be drunk and enjoyed. Yeah. And, uh, I, and that was it. I agree. And, uh, you know, Brandon and I were actually out to lunch the other day. We did a, we did a tour of uh, Opus One. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, nice. And I have to admit, I went in with very low expectations. Because I, I had been to Opus before. And, and you know, you kind of go in, you pay your 25 bucks, they give you a little two-ounce pour, and, yeah. and, and you're on your way. Um, but we, we just had, we had, um, really good people taking care of us and really fortuitous timing. We were there early. We thought we were supposed to be there at 11. We were supposed to be there at 1130 and about 10 after 11, our tour guide came out and said, Hey, do you guys want to see some, we're pulling in some cab. Do you guys want to see it get pressed? Hell yeah, we do. Yeah. So fine. pulled the group together, went back there. Um, we're watching him. He actually, that's right. He let Deja actually do some of the work. Actually, so she, yeah. she had a hand in the 2017 Opus. So she'll be able to say that she actually, um, had a hand in, in making the wine. And then, and then we were passing the lab and the winemaker for Opus happened to be in the lab and said, Hey, you guys get in here. I want to show you something. And he, he was pulling out peanut M&Ms and giving them to us <laughs> and telling them, this is how I determine what, you know, how much oh, yeah. sugar levels and the ripeness and all this we, stuff. And they, they had, we, we took a tour there. They had us do the same thing. That, the, super cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, peanut M&M. Peanut M&M. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, the, what, if they float in the grape juice? No, no. As, you, as you're sucking on them first, you get a little grittiness, then you get a smoothness, mm. then you get a softness. Oh, so yeah. he's, he's talking about in his palate, that's the best way that he can describe how he knows when the wine is ready. Um, and then we just did this beautiful tour where we, we tried 05, 06. I think we tried uh, 11, 11 and, 14. and 14. Which is not released yet. Right. Which we signed on for uh, Asante once we run through the 2010s. Uh, so which, that yeah, was we're pouring the 2010 by the glass. Um, and then, he, then they took us out to lunch. So we went to uh, Redwood, um, which I guess is Red's little uh, like second restaurant. And they put out magnums of what was that the eleven? It was ele- magnums. So they of the put 11. magnums on the table eleven, and then so point of the story. So they put down a, an O one Mouton Rothschild sitting on the middle of the table, and Brandon and I kind of look at each other. We're taking pictures of it, and Brandon's thinking like this is going to be a gift for our psalm mm-hmm. uh, Mark. Like this is going to be a gift for him to take home. And I'm saying let's open that thing. I know. Try to and he's like, no, no, we're not going to open that thing. We're not going to open that thing. Next thing you know, the bottle disappears and I see a decanter come out oh. and they decant the, the mouton. So then we, <laughs> so then we just started drinking at the table. I'm having chicken wings and O one one mouton and pizza. That's It doesn't get any better. No, and see, <laughs> there was no special occasion, just <laughs> us hanging out, having lunch, drinking O one one mouton. That's, that's how it should as be. As casual as it could be. That's it's right. kind of like today. You know, we're drinking some perfect wine. Um, What I just poured and and handed around, um, beautiful wine. I love this stuff. Oh, Domaine La Barose. Yeah, it's beautiful. like it. This is one of Sandra's, this is Sandra's uh, boyfriend in some other life. Julian is, um, 
He reminds me of sort of a French Arthur. If anyone's seen that movie Arthur, it's the, <laughs> it's the kid that's you know kind of raised with money and and just likes to party all the time. Um, and he makes killer uh, Grenache, uh, the pure, and then also the the Chateau Neuf. Just incredible wine. That's beautiful. Now I'm having fun. <laughs> Absolutely. John needed to get away from the white and into the red, which we didn't talk about the other white that we were drinking. You, yeah, you have it out here? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I have a question for Brandon. Sure. Being you're so young, what, uh, where did the wine uh, influence come from or the wine love b- bug bite? Uh, truthfully, from my mom. Uh, she got me into wine at a too young of an age, truthfully. Uh, it was at uh, Sonoma State's wine business pro- or business program. Um, and about a year into that program, that four-year program, just got bit by the wine bug, even though I wasn't able at the time to legally drink. Uh, partook in some classes and just fell in love with everything about wine. Um, and at, at the time, I couldn't even really taste the wines that we were tasting in class. Um, it was a lot of smells, sights, uh, a little bit of knowledge on, on the business side of it, and as well as a little bit of winemaking as well, and just fell in love with it. And then once I was able to uh, taste, you know, a year later, going in my, at the end of my sophomore year, mid-sophomore year of, of Sonoma State, just completely just ran with it cool. and had the most uh, crazy opportunity at the Fairmont in Sante because um, that's initially what I didn't apply for there and kind of got my foot in the door via one of our older managers, and he had faith in me, thought I can do this, this job description, and I told him, no, thanks, I'm not interested, um, and wow. just completely... Uh, now, why did you say that? I thought I wanted to go the distribution, marketing, sales route of the wine business, truthfully, and uh, wasn't. I've always been in restaurants, always been in bars, um, didn't think I was going to love the, the sommelier title of, of a fine dining restaurant, um, Mark Irving and Paul Berg, who was our older manager at Sante, had a tremendous amount of faith in me and said, hey, we know you personally. We know you're good with people. That's one part of it. We know you know wine. That's another part of it. We think you can do this job. And like I said, I said no thanks. And then they kind of pushed pushed me onto it. Absolutely fell in love with it. And here I am now. So Awesome. That's great. Yeah. One humbling opportunity, for that sure. It really is. It's a great opportunity. Jeez. And how long have you been there now? I've been there now a year and a half. Um, I've been at their one of their bars, a couple of their bars for two and a half, two years, uh, but in Sante, uh, about a year and a half, going and on he, a year and a half. Brandon does such a great job. What I like about his style is he's very disarming. He's not the, he's not intimidating. He's extremely knowledgeable, but the way he interacts with guests is they really feel like someone's there to help them pick out a, a bottle or even a glass of wine and and not push them into the, um, the higher end stuff, but to truly just make their experience better. And it's. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a good experience for me. Uh, I think working with the two youngest psalms ever, with uh, Rom at twenty one <laughs> and uh, Brandon at twenty three, man. Um, there you go. Yeah, and guests love it. Well, it's, it, it does show a big difference. Now at sixty six, um, it was it took the two of you really to turn me on to the Rhone, <laughs> Rhone wines and open my palate. John that was way. John was Silver Oak Cab, please. Mm. Um, you know my uh, love me that, that American <laughs> oak. <laughs> that was because of my wife, and you know that and, that's what she ordered. And that's you know, a good enough reason. A couple yeah. of cases of that every year. I I, I enjoyed awesome. it. You know. Now, John, you've been you've been like one of the greatest wine enthusiasts since we've all met. It's um, uh, it's your fun. Passion for wine is it's awesome. fun. It really is. So and and why not? So, well, you had another white on here. The Cote de Rhone Reeve, Reeve Troit. So this Reeve, is a white Reeve blend. Um, and I don't know exactly what's in it. Maybe it's, uh, it's Grenache Blanc and Roussan. Grenache, oh, there we go. 
It's and, right. It's right there on the label. I, I work, I work <laughs> it's it's to be fair. It's in really small print. I actually I actually give stuff to John to read to me. <laughs> That's yeah. how bad it is. I mean, you can definitely smell, uh, taste the Roussan influence on this wine. Yeah, that's something that Sandra um, let us uh, open up, and, and and we've got a bottle of uh, what, what is this Bart Grenache? Yeah, got a bottle of Bart's Grenache, and then we've also got a '74 Joseph Phelps Syrah, which I thought was apropos being here at the at the Rhone Room because I've been holding onto this bottle. I don't. Were you around which, when we opened up the '75? Yeah, wh- was that the '75 that we opened? So I yeah, I had a '74 and a '75, but this was actually the this first. This is the one, right? This, this is, is the one that you've one been holding onto. It's the first oh, year man. that uh, Syrah was commercially released in the United States since Prohibition. And um, wow. really, Joseph okay. Phelps. Most people probably know him through the Insignia. Um, mm-hmm. But he was he was in construction. His dad was owned a construction company, and um, but he was he was an early Rhone Ranger. He was one of the uh, first Le, Rhone Le, Rangers. Was it Le Mistral? Was that the wine? Well, I don't know. He loved Hermitage and and thought that we should be doing something like that in California. Um, and I I think originally he bought the grapes from Christian Brothers was down the street, and they were making I don't know brandy or some sort of uh, you know some jug wine or something with the Syrah. And so he asked if he could buy their Syrah. And this was the first bottling was this, uh, and it, it's way low on the shoulder. So we'll see. And the cork, the foils away and the cork, it is got some damage to it, but so that's okay. I mean, you know, you know, the interesting thing about this bottle is, is it's in a previous um, show, we talked about how you can't, make any claims on the back of a wine label. You could certainly never mention another growing area. In in the first paragraph of the back label of this, it mentions Upper Rhone, Umpis France, Cote de Rhone, Cote Rote, and Hermitage. So obviously the... Um, the trade agreements um, were <laughs> after are, 1974. We're not what, working what, at that time. What I love <laughs> is the alcohol percentage on this wine, uh, 12%. No, that's so wrong. Yeah. Okay. Twelve percent. Uh, so maybe it's twelve eight. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, so much for episode uh, twenty three. Wow. Michael Jordan. We did it. There you go. Uh, Brandon's age. <laughs> there you are. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will be back next week. And uh, thanks for listening to the wine. And the makers. week after. And the week after. And yeah, just keep listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, John. <laughs>